Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. We have Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every single week to catch the show on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Make sure to give us a follow, subscribe, like the page, all the things you're supposed to do on social media. And we're at another post-Fed meeting topic here. This is the the thing that has dominated the headlines that the Federal Reserve met last week. And we're going to get right into it with Stacey. Um, and the interesting thing that I found, and, and so they met, um, the meeting concluded on on the 2nd uh, when, when they were done, and then Chairman Powell comes out, makes his comments. And the interesting thing about this is that uh, Jerome Powell had a very hawkish tone. So if you don't know what that means, it's very conservative financially. They're worried about what's going to happen with inflation and the economy and all, all the things the Fed's been doing for the past couple years at this point. So uh, Chairman Powell's tone was, was very hawkish. Uh, however, there was a lot of optimism in the market. This is what I liked. Rates briefly dropped below 6%. On Friday, you were able to lock in a 5.75% rate on a 30-year fix, according to our lenders at Mortgage America. Um, Chairman Powell also came out and said that inflation is higher than the long-run goal of 2% even though it was much more optimistic and they only raised rates by 25 basis points, which is what was predicted. The market reacted very favorably, having a brief rally afterwards, and we'll talk about the jobs report in a second. So it looks like, Stacy, that the market reacted differently than Chairman Powell's tone and picture that he was painting after the meeting. What do you think? Yeah, um, I think what, personally, what's going on with the Fed and with what we're seeing out in the real world are kind of two different things. Um, I know that in our area, the interest rates are in the mid fives to high fives. So, and it's been that way for a couple of weeks now, (coughs) excuse me, Um, which has been very exciting. And we've been seeing a lot of buyers come back into the fold here, into the into the market. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's it's been nothing but positive. And this was anticipated, like we expected the feds to raise the rates. Um, so I think... <clears throat> oh you okay God, over there? Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> so we expected them to raise rates. I think that that's what kind of everyone <laughs> thought here. And... You know, my, I think where Stacy's going is that the bond market clearly disagreed with this aggressive talk, according to Logan Motoshomi, uh, the lead analyst at Housing Wire. And he came out and said the market is correct as the infa- inflation growth rate has been falling. Uh, it looks like we're going to have a three handle by the end of the year. Powell and the Fed have been taking or taking a very like hard line or, or a tough tone for months now. But with the growth of inflation falling... And the labor market staying firm, you know, he's saying that the Fed should just stop raising rates altogether right now. Yeah, I have to agree with that. But I, we talk about this a lot. We know why they're mm-hmm. doing that. They really want this to affect the the jobs market. <laughs> so, and when we get into talk about the jobs market, we'll see it's clear with it's not having an effect on the jobs market um, <clears throat> because that, that was a very positive note also. But uh, yeah, I think that... I'm not sure why they continue to 
to try to influence so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe they feel like that's this is the only path to controlling inflation, but everything is kind of organically taking care of itself. Um, so I, I'm just happy that the mortgage rates are stabilized. They're in the fives. Buyers, you know, they're very receptive to that. It's a lot more palpable than mm-hmm. being in the sixes and sevens. For sure. Yeah. So for as far as for the housing market, I think this is, uh, it's been very positive. So I don't know. I mean, I know they're still talking about continuing this trend of um, raising the uh, basis points. So I, I'm not sure where this is headed, but they're continuing that. Yeah, Goldman Sachs is predicting that there's going to be two additional 25 basis point increases. And usually when this happens, we see mortgage rates jump up, but mortgage rates did the exact opposite, which tells me the Fed's become predictable, which may not be a bad thing. Uh, and we've seen rates kind of dance around and stabilize, which to your point, Stacy, has created much more certainty in the market. And we're seeing demand back to those early 2022 levels relative to inventory. There's less, uh, you know, I mean, there, there's there, there's inventory issues that are there. And now what we're seeing in this CME FedWatch tool from the CME group, there's a 90.8% chance that there will be another 25 basis point increase as of today and a 9.2% chance they'd make, they raise 50 basis points which that that to me would wow. be a major concern. I don't I don't I think that's just they're playing that's the odds in the meeting. And we still have 42 days until the next Fed meeting. Not that we're counting down at all. <clears throat> so, you know, that that that's one reaction here, but a lot of people are saying the Fed needs to kind of slow their roll here. Um Lawrence Yoon, who is uh the chief economist of NAR, um he came out and said that the Fed is still showing its willingness to adjust policy based on data. Softer inflation of late led to a softer rate increase last week. As inflation calms further from rising apartment vacancies in coming months, the Fed will adjust to a no rate increase by the middle of the year. And maybe even, he didn't say maybe, I'm saying maybe, even a rate cut by December. Wow. And this is good news for mortgage rates, which could fall to 5.5% at the end of the year. So we're not seeing that, that, that radical movement we saw last year. At least that's what the predictions say, um, that we're look, rates are coming in high fives, maybe six right now that, I mean, depending on credit, a lot of other variable factors, income, those sort of things. So if rates go to 5.5%, like Lauren June says, that to me is a good thing for sellers and buyers. So what's your take on that? Oh my gosh, it's, it's so positive. Um, But again, we're seeing some of that now, but if it even drops further towards the end of the year, I mean, maybe some people could be in the upper fours, (laughs) you know, or very low fives as far as interest rates are concerned. Um, But I think for the market, what that's going to mean is more of what we are experiencing now. We're kind of like having a flurry of spring market early. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it's been very positive. We we had a super strong January and it's rolling right into February. So... We're seeing something a little bit different than from what I've been reading um, in these articles Mm -hmm. because I know they're talking about there was a slower market in January, but here locally, um, it was was, um, a very, very aggressive market. So I think if the rates go even lower (laughs) and our inventory hovers about the same, um, it's going to be a very competitive market for buyers, unfortunately, for sellers. Very positive. For sellers, uh, you're going to experience, you know, very um, 
you know, a good return on your investment. <laughs> and you might experience uh, multiple offers and mm-hmm. waiving of contingencies. So for sellers, definitely consider. Uh, I think it's going to still be a great year, 2023, to sell. Well, and, and we're seeing that with um, some of the indicators that are in the housing market right now. So if you look at um, what Housing Wire puts out every week, which I find fascinating, is their um, basically the lead indicators to watch. And it's it's kind of the, the housing breakdown of the things you want to be mindful of and what should be happening. And before we get into that, it's called their housing market tracker. Actually, let's jump into that now, and then we can talk about the jobs report. So um, the housing market tracker, and then this comes out at the beginning of every week, Purchase application data was negative 10% week to week, still positive for the year. That's the first decline that we've seen in 2023. Um, Housing inventory decreased by 8,664 homes, which was the biggest decrease we've seen for the year. And the 10-year yield had a bit of a wild week where mortgage rates did break under 6% overall and then rose after the jobs report had come out. So, we're seeing, I, I would argue, more stabilization in the market. And what what a lot of people are hoping for here is we're going to see a pop in inventory uh, like we typically do in that late February, March, April, and May window. I still don't think it's going to be enough because of the jobs report. So why don't, why don't we get into that real quickly here with, with uh, the jobs report that would, came out on Friday. Um so there was an increase of 517,000 jobs in January that crushed estimates and unemployment came in at 3.4% versus the estimated 3.6%, which is the lowest jobless level since May of 1969. That's wild. <laughs> That's and and uh, the chief economist at ZipRecruiter said that this report's almost too good to be true, um, where it's like $20 bills on the sidewalk and free lunches. <laughs> This is his quote, not mine. This is uh, or hers. I'm sorry. Right. It's Julia Pollock, chief economist at ZipRecruiter, said today's job report is almost too good to be true. Like $20 bills on the sidewalk and free lunches, falling inflation paired with falling unemployment is the stuff of economics fiction. So like the, the Fed is trying to drive unemployment up. Right. And it's 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 doing the opposite. <laughs> it's yeah. having the opposite effect. Um, it says leisure, hospitality added 128,000 jobs overall. To me, that makes sense. People, you know, they're they're getting out there. They're traveling. They they want to experience things that they haven't done for the past couple of years. Um, so that is probably why there are so many uh, jobs created in that sector. The other was professional business services, 82,000. Government, 74,000. Government, 74,000 jobs added. <laughs> um, healthcare, 58,000. And retail was up, 30,000. Construction, 25,000. Um, it would be nice to see construction a little bit higher than that, maybe in the housing market. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that would be helpful. But yeah, it, it totally blew me away, this jobs report. Couldn't believe it. Um, so I don't think, again, what they're trying to do as far as um, increasing the interest rates is mm-hmm. not having the effect because they want the unemployment rate to be higher. Um, and it's not. It's actually dropping. So it's counterintuitive what they're doing. Now, as far as um, is this because people are getting a couple of jobs, they're working two jobs because of the inflation? Could be. Could be. You know, we that, that's actually a great point. Not a lot of people are talking about that. And we've seen that where folks, I mean, just, just in, in the hiring process, they're like, well, I have this other job doing this. Can I keep both? And Right. Because it does the leisure and hospitality, that could be a second job. Retail mm-hmm. could be a second job. Um, 
So it's just, uh, I do know that there were some announcements for some pretty good layoffs in the tech industry. So I don't know if that's going to have an effect for the next, um, you know, the next job report. We'll see. Well, and, and what, what, what's, I think it's important to realize this is a 53-year low in unemployment. So for everything the Fed's trying to do, it's had literally the exact opposite approach of what, what they wanted to happen. So we're seeing the, these, these numbers come in. And when you look at what's going on in housing, if employment is that strong and we're seeing rates starting to stabilize, we're, you know, mid to high fives, maybe low sixes, and we're, that, that's going to drive more buyers to come to the market, especially these millennial home buyers and these folks that are still trying to purchase. I don't see the inventory issue that, and there's still plenty of homes selling. Don't get me wrong. I don't see inventory bubbling up too much because the demand's too high. Now, inventory is higher locally in our market. It's at a 1.77 to 1.5 month supply in Montgomery, Chester, Delaware counties, 4.77 months in Philadelphia relative to last year. We saw less than a month supply in the suburbs and about a two-ish month supply in Philadelphia. So there, there's more supply um, that, than, than what we've seen. It's still less than where people want it to be. And I, that, to me, is the biggest challenge here. And I don't, I don't see that letting up with all this demand that's out there. Because if the Fed's trying to push up unemployment and it's not working, then we've really got a problem. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, you, we did have some, uh, some potential buyers get out of the market when the interest rates uh, went up a little bit. But now those folks are, are starting to come back in. So if you have new buyers coming in because of the interest rates and because they feel more comfortable about the stability of the economy, but then you also have the buyers that <laughs> gotten out of the market coming back into the fold, you're still going to have a lot of competition. Mm-hmm. And we still don't have enough inventory to, uh, to satisfy that demand. Um, and as far as inflation, uh, rents have increased mm-hmm. along with everything else. So people are understanding the millennials who are paying rent. They're they're understanding that this is just a you know it's a dead end street here. If they continue to pay these uh, increased rents, it's not going to anything. They're not uh, you know starting on their path to um, you know financial security with owning uh, an asset. Mm-hmm. So they want to get in on that. They they really want to start um, you know their their home ownership and right rightfully so i mean it's a waste of money to rent in my opinion but <laughs> yeah you know i'm on the flip side of that too as a landlord um but still i think that the millennials are understanding look we got to get started here cuz it's it's going to be like this for the next couple of years and 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 despite all of this um you know there's a january housing report out there that shows buyers are actually negotiating more and getting more bargaining power than than, than what's happening this is according to realtor.com's monthly housing trends report mm-hmm. that um you know it they're, they're they're seeing that if you look in at some of these statistics here um there there's actually the ability to get more concessions mm-hmm. um you know active inventory for sale homes grew 65.5% year over year in January, which is still lower than pre-pandemic, but certainly higher than where we were last year. Um, so the number of, uh, you know, but, but the number of pending listings uh, and newly listed homes continues to drop. So th- there's there's a lot of mixed messages in, in, in the market right now. So you're giving advice to sellers and buyers. Why don't you take the buyer side? I can take the seller side. What, what are you saying to these folks right now? Because it's hard to navigate all this, and there and we just went through a lot of things that are going on 
with the economy, what's happening in the market right now. And there, there's a lot of mixed messaging is what I'm really seeing. Oh, my gosh. From one article to the next, it's complete opposites. Um, and to what is going on in our local market can be complete mm-hmm. opposite. So it is tough and it's tough for buyers. So, you know, they they come to us with this already, you know, preconceived idea of what the market is. Um, some folks are still thinking, I guess they might be getting advice from their parents who purchased like 30 years ago. And maybe say you never start at the asking mm-hmm. price. You always go in lower, uh, never relinquish on inspections. So the um, this report on buyers using their bargaining power. I mm-hmm. mean, I think we saw a blip of this for like two weeks in yeah, there, there, was, there was more seller concessions as well. That was something yeah. else we, we saw. I think we experienced that a little bit in our local market for a very short period of time. But in the past couple of weeks, what I have found and what I tell my my clients that I'm, that I'm working with is the market has changed pretty dramatically in that couple of week period. Uh, I find that we're back to definitely into the multiple offer situations. We're going over asking price, waiving inspections, trying to cover appraisal deficits, offering, you know, to cover seller transfer tax. I find that we're back to that very, very Mm -hmm. aggressive market. So when I meet with buyers for the first time, um, I have to really sit down and, and educate them to what we're experiencing in the market. Some buyers don't like it. They hear it and they think... I don't, I, they look at me like they, that can't be true, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> until, you know, they find out by after they put the first offer in. But, you know, I'm here to guide them through the process. I coach them on, on what I think would be a strong offer if they were, if they really like the house. Unfortunately, you can only, you know, you go to their comfort level. So once they find out if, you know, the offer is not strong enough and it gets rejected, um, then I can use that as a learning experience for them and, and get feedback from the listing agent onto what the winning offer sort of looked like because they can't release all the information, obviously, mm-hmm. but give them the rundown. Like, yes, it was waived inspections and they did cover the appraisal deficit. Um, so for that, sometimes that has to happen for them to learn um, and to continue in, into the market. I do have buyers that, you know, they they do get burned out and it's hard to keep them motivated. Um but yeah, I would just say we can get it done. I had got a client under contract this weekend, so it can happen. <laughs> um, you just, you know, you have to um, be willing to do what it takes. And right now what it takes is is being pretty aggressive. Well, I would also argue that you, you have to have a, a, a very clear conversation with your clients up front. Clear. And, and, and mo- most of these agents don't do this stuff. And they, they don't have that initial meeting. They don't talk to them about what's going on in the market or they don't even know what's going on in the market in a lot of cases. So right. if you're not that knowledge broker in your marketplace, understanding here's what's happening. We've seen inventory decrease. And you got to look at the local data too. We're going over some national stuff here, obviously. that That's going to be an issue. For, for sellers... You know, I'm concerned about these people that are waiting it out and they're going to miss the market because if there is a pop of inventory in the spring, which it, 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 you know, I'm looking at listings being taken that aren't on the market yet. I mean, we've got a number of those right now internally. I'm looking at listing appointments that are happening. There, there's more of that happening than, than, than what's happened last year. Um, and so if that continues, some of these sellers, I mean, there was a kind of this this little bit of a blip, like you said, in December and January. Now that rates have come down, maybe that's going to counteract that. If I'm a seller, I don't I don't want to risk it because there are people that have been holding back from the market and 
they're waiting for the like the ideal time to sell their home. We've seen days on markets climb. We've seen the percentage of the asking price received decrease from above 100% in the suburbs to below 100% and from about 98% to 96% in Philadelphia. So we're seeing some indicators that are telling me that it's still a good time to sell, just not maybe as good in reference to terms specifically. Price, I think, is always going to be there, but you're talking about transfer tax, no inspections. The, the, these terms are a little different. And I don't think a lot of people anticipated this market the way it is. If I'm a seller, I don't know that I'd be waiting around hoping that they're wrong again. I think that's the big challenge here. So if you've got a place lined up to go, I'd be moving now, yeah. like right now. And I, w- I wouldn't mess around with it too much because you can miss the market. And Philadelphia is functioning very differently right now than the suburban markets. And I, that's, that's a great example there. So a lot of economic stuff to unpack here. Anything else you want to add in, Stacey? I mean, we, we covered a ton, um, whether it's Lawrence Yoon, the post-op of the Fed meeting, the jobs report, um, the January housing uh, you know, kind of blip on the market with bargaining power. Anything else folks should be aware of right now in regards to what's happening with the economy and the direction of the market? Um, just back to your point about the sellers, uh, you know, don't wait to try to time the market because you might miss out again. The market, what I've seen in the past couple of years, it, it can change quickly, like from month to month, you know, Mm -hmm. and it has. So, and it is true. If you are sitting on the fence, just waiting, when is a good time to list your house? Pretty much any time. And the best time is when there's least competition. Mm -hmm. So right now there's very little competition. Um, So now's the best time. And, um, you know, as we're experiencing with the lower interest rates, there's plenty of buyers coming back in and and starting their search. So um, I would would highly recommend sitting down, talking to your local agent, getting all the information and getting the process started because sometimes it takes a while. You know, sometimes it takes a while to get the house prepped. So um, now is the best time. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and it's get get some local advice. I mean, every morning mm-hmm. we're talking about how different the market is just from like literally where we're sitting now in Bala Kimwood to crossing over City Line Avenue. And, and, and that's just how it is right now. So yep. uh, that, 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 that can be very real. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We got a couple agent centric things we're going to talk about uh, the reaction to the NAR DOJ decision, as well as uh, we had an event last week, and there was a contagion among agents mentioned by our good friend Byron Lazine. We're going to talk about that as well on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com. 
www.voiceofamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. All right, we are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. And we both work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we've got some agent real estate-related stories we wanted to unpack here. Two of them specifically. One, I would argue, is a self-generated story from an event we had last week. We'll talk about in a second. But first, the NAR-DOJ decision. So we talked about this last week that um, the uh, uh, there was a judge that had heard the uh, the appeal, I don't even know if it was the appeal, but the reinvestigation of the DOJ NAR settlement. And he basically said the DOJ has got to agree to the settlements just like everybody else, which I thought was a great answer. Mm-hmm. And now agents are reacting. And I find this fascinating what people are saying. So I'm going to toss a couple of these reactions out to you and just tell me if you think they're off base or not. And then we're going to talk about some agent behavior that's causing some problems, according to our friend Byron Lazine, uh, that we'll hit on here in a second. So um, first one that jumped out of me was, uh, Joe Williams, uh, co-founder of Keller Williams. The sad fact in this case was what did NAR have to spend to defend such a common sense decision? This was paid by all the hardworking realtors through their dues, classic government overreach. Good job. NAR. What do you think about that? <laughs> he definitely has a point there. Um, because this was settled. They yes. had an agreement. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like everybody was in shock that the DOJ, you know, was they kind of went back and said, no, it's not settled. You know, we're, we're going to open this back up. So, yeah, I, it is a good point. It, they did have to defend and it costs money. It's not free. You know what I mean? You have to have um, representation. Uh, so, yeah, I think it, it was pretty much classic government overreach. Unprecedented to see a settlement get reopened like this. And look, yeah. let's call it what it is. A previous administration in the opposite political party reopened this. So I, I, I'm not, I mean, it's, it, it's just a fact about what happened. And I think that's the complaint a lot of people had here. So I thought that was a very good take by Joe Williams, co-founder of Keller Williams. Um, the next one here, um, 
this was pretty interesting. This came from Jeff Stewart. He's an agent with Remax Home Finders. Um, and he, he believes there's a bias against the real estate industry and is after tax dollars. So the government doesn't like the fact that real estate agents are all, all mostly independent contractors with the tax benefits that accompany. There's approximately 2 million in the U.S. and they'd like them to be W-2 employees. Changing the cooperative commission structure won't put money back in the seller's hands. It's a limited pool of resources. And if buyers have to pay a buyer's agent, those resources that would go down to the payment and the closing costs. So he goes on to kind of explain this here and that it's just going to come back out of the seller's hands and transaction concessions and that the government ultimately was chasing tax revenues. What do you think about that one, Stacey? That's an interesting take. And honestly, um, before I read this, uh, I didn't look at it in that light, but it's it's a great point. We are all independent contractors. Mm-hmm. We are all small business owners. Um, so in when you're small business owners, we you know there's we do have some tax benefits, meaning you know we can write things off. Um, but we we still pay a lot in taxes. Uh, we don't get away with a lot. Um, so I do, you know, it kind of opened my eyes to a different way to look at it. And I think he has a good point here. Um, you know, it, W-2 employees, it's everything's tracked and measured mm-hmm. so much easier or so much cl- more clearly. Uh, when you have write-offs, there's always gray, you know, gray yes. lines. It's like, oh, where did you have that dinner? Where did you, you know, are you writing off, you know, your ink for your printer and you use it for mostly for personal? I don't know. There's... You know, it's hard being a small business owner. It really is. There's a lot. People think it's easy, and it's not. If it were easy, a lot of people would be doing, a lot more people. Um, But it's always an uphill battle every day. So if we can utilize write-offs for business purposes, then we do that. But I think he has a good point here. So, you know, I found that pretty interesting. I don't know if there's any basis that they're going after tax dollars, but at the same time, I mean, there are benefits to being an independent contractor versus a W-2 employee. And it's, you know, it it, it does raise some red flags, I think is is the best way to look at it. Um, and, And it's knowing the previous and the current administration's priorities, I think I think a conspiracy theorist, if they have their tinfoil hat on, could say that and argue that would be the case. So, I found that one pretty interesting. Um, we're not going to do a lot of these, but we, we got a couple more. Um, so this one I found pretty interesting um, was from uh, Dick Stoner. He's the broker at Reese Corporation. He stressed that buyer commissions are no different than any other seller incentives. A seller can offer whatever promotions they wish, whether it be extreme advertising or social media posts or buyer agent commissions, according to him. Um, some sellers of products offer... Uh, paid next day delivery and other incentives to look at and purchase their products. And the buyer agent commission offer is the same, something to attract more buyers, those with agents to the particular sale. What do you think about that? Yeah, I would have to agree to that. So basically, um, if a seller is offering to pay uh, the buyer agent commission, then they're making it, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of reaching out and they want the most people into their product, which would be their home. So they want most eyes on it so they can get, you know, some competition and potentially have multiple offers. So I totally see it that way. Um, I think that was kind of a, I think it was a good analogy. I agree on that one. And, you know, no one, no one's twisting the seller's arm saying you have to do this either. I think that's the thing right. that, that, that the DOJ or, or whatever, you know, that, that, that seemed to be that there was like this non-negotiable tactic here. 
Commissions are negotiated constantly, so I, I, I totally disagree with that one. Um, this one I found interesting. So this is from Derek Eisenberg. He's a local discount broker in our market at Continental Real Estate Group. He said it's a fallacy that lenders don't allow buyer agent commissions to be financed. As long as it's on the closing statement, it can be financed. Still, if a lender did stand on ceremony, the parties could just inflate the price and have the seller pay it. There is always more than one way to skin a cat. What do you think about this? Well, he's incorrect about you can put it on, the sh- you can roll it into, it can be financed. Agreed. <laughs> that is completely false, completely incorrect. You cannot finance the buyer agent commission. No, it, that is not true. Um, and I have confirmation of this through a, a lender. So I do know that that is not correct. Um you can't, I don't know how you could increase, how, what, it, what was the second part? You can increase the price just inflate, and have... Just inflate the price and have the seller pay it. Oh my gosh. It's... I mean, does, does he remember the appraisal part of the yeah, process here? right. It's, uh, yeah. No. No, I disagree with him. Yeah, Thumbs th- down. This one, I, I, this is the problem with real estate agents. I mean, they're, they're coming out and he's making this statement. It's on Inman News and it's just totally incorrect where... You can finance closing costs, sure, but there's a limit on what you can finance, typically um, based on the on the type of loan and everything else. And we know those limits are either 3 or 6% of the sale price. Mm-hmm. So if you do the math, and we're not going to talk about commissions here, but depending on taxes and escrows and other things, I don't see how that's possible. And then the home's got to appraise anyway. Right. And we've had major issues, more than I've ever seen the past three years of homes appraising. So <laughs> True. horrible take and yep. just bad information. Uh, so- you can see this is all across the board. I got one last one here, and this is uh, from Mike Hickman, who I actually know, and um, he was I, I, he's out in California. He runs a huge brokerage out there. This was in the comments on the Inman article. What if we shifted our focus to the capital gains tax exemptions? Legislation that became effective in 1997 should be reviewed, and the amounts of 250000 and 500000 should be increased significantly. Our lawmakers are failing us and our clients would that change our markets? What if the exemptions were 750 and 1.5 million? Next, the end of dual agency solves some of the legal problems. Sellers should be able to pay a buyer if they choose. I found this one. I'm going to jump in here, Stacy. Fascinating because look at the inflation mm. that we've seen on sale prices. And if they're going to give people that 1099 exemption, well, that that number has been in place for I guess at this point uh, 26 years, 27 years. Yeah. Way so outdated. that I found, that was a great take by Mike. What, what do you think about that uh, one? Totally, totally. I mean, yep, exactly. Since 1997. So it's 250000 and five hundred. Absolutely. Yeah, for a single buyer, the exemption is right. $250,000. And for a married couple, it's 500 Yeah, that has to be changed, especially in the past two years, how, how much appreciation value we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with him on that one. Yeah. I thought that was great. So yep. what, what this tells me is that I don't think any agents really know what the heck is going on because of the, the variety of these takes. Mm-hmm. All the more reason to get a knowledge broker and someone that's going to be able to help you with your transaction and navigate this stuff. Absolutely. So, so with that in mind, we had an event last week and I wanted just to hit on this briefly um, where we had our, our team coach, Jeff Mays, come in. I think we had a, 100 or so realtors in the room. We had a panel of uh, team leaders from uh, up and down the East Coast, uh, from Baltimore, Boston, Long Island and Connecticut. And Byron Lazine, who, who has a team in Connecticut, talked about this contagion among agents. And I found that I, I, I wanted to hit on this. The contagion among agents that they are picking and choosing all their clients and wanting people that 
get them or they're going to be authentically themselves or they need to like them. What do you think about that? I mean, I, he he said some stuff up there that I think ticked some people off in the room. I found that fascinating, and I want to get your take before I give you mine. Yeah, um, I found it fascinating too. Um, what do you mean he ticked some people off? Do you think some people were actually? I, I think some doing people. Mom, <laughs> I, I guarantee you they are. Where if if I mean, and th- they don't get along with somebody, and they're oh ready, to, they're ready to fire the client. Like like these yeah. people are growing on trees. Right. I, it's it, to me, it was amazing. I first of all, I was shocked that it even happens because I don't think that way. Yes. Um. So I'm like, really? There's people out there that if they would fire a client because they don't get me and I can't mm-hmm. be on my authentic self, I I, can, I have no time for that kind of stuff. I I don't even understand it. Um. We are here to provide a service, right? Yes. Um. Clients come to us all different shapes, sizes, everything. It, the clients. They're, they're in they're in need of a service. Mm-hmm. They don't have to like me. I don't have to particularly like them. We have to work together. We have to form a business yes. relationship so that we can get through a transaction. People take things way too personally and people need, I find that some, some people need it. They're like Goldilocks. It needs to be just right, you know, before they'll commit to my time to spend with these folks. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how it works. It's, it's just a... Uh, to me, it I find this very um, annoying. Um, I wouldn't want to um, engage with an agent if I were on the transaction side. I, if I were a buyer or seller, and I, you know, there was an agent that was asking me, you know, do you do you want to work with me? Do you like me? I can only work with you if you like me. I would immediately want to fire them yeah, as an agent. I agree. You know, before they can fire me as a client. I think that agents really, you need to realize, um, especially as a small business owner, sometimes we can't pick and choose. We just have to provide the service and do the best we can and take the personality, take the person out of it. You know, think of it as a business transaction. If you were going to pick and choose clients that like you for who you are and feel that you have to be your authentic self, you're never going to sell any volume in real estate. Right. There's so few people that are going to be like you in this world. The majority of the population is going to have a different personality type. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a different disc assessment than you. And if you're only going to appeal to the people that you know you're going to appeal to as your authentic self, you're taking a 100% addressable market and bring it down to maybe 15 or 20%. That's a very low percentage. So it's a huge low percentage. And on top of that, you know, the, the surgeon, the doctor, they don't, they, don't, they don't only do the surgery on the people they like. They do it with the people that need help. And if you want to be a high volume realtor, and I'm talking 20 to 30 transactions, not, you know, you're putting up some crazy numbers, uh, you know, I mean, 50, 60, 70 deals. I know what I've done in the past. I'm talking about just being in the top 3% in the country and getting to 20 or more transactions. You can't pick and choose. There's so few people out there that want to transact that don't have a relationship that don't know somebody else. If you're going to approach your business like that, you're shrinking down your likelihood of success. And I would argue that if that you're going to do that, you've got to talk to way more people than the average agent. It's not just about finding motivated clients. It's about finding motivated clients that like you. I don't know many people that wow. like me. That's I mean, you point. do. I think I mean, my <laughs> wife does, but it's it, this is something that agents have got to get over. Yeah. This is not a business for the weak hearted. You have to be a different breed to be able to be successful in real estate that opts into accountability 
And part of that is you're going to get people that don't like you, but they respect you because of your business acumen. Right. And that's what I went for when I was in production. I know you're approaching it the same way. I, I think anyone that does this, I mean, keep approaching it like that. We'll take all the clients that you don't um, want. I'll take every single one of them. They can, they can pass them off to me. Um, but you made a good point there, and I'm trying to remember what the point was, and I can't. <laughs> Damn. But, yeah, so I agree. It was so good, you I, It forgot. was so good, I forgot. There was two points I was going to make, but, yeah, see, that's how my brain is today. It's a little fuzzy. Um, but, yeah, 100%. I'm really, I am shocked that this even goes on um, because if you do whittle it down to that 15 to 20%, oh, I know what my point was, and then – you're going to have to talk to more people. First of all, most agents don't even like to talk to people. They don't talk to enough people as it is. Right. Yes. They don't get on the phone. So how are they going to make up that difference? How are they going to talk to 75% more people mm-hmm. in order to find those ones that are going to like them and they can be their authentic self? I, it's, a, it's a losing business strategy, if you ask me. Um, they'll be out of business faster. That's for sure. Well, and, and when you think about how many people actually want to transact in real estate, it's maybe 5% of the population at any given time. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at a 5% addressable market as it is. And then you're going to cut that down. And let's say it's the only people that you like. Let's do some math here, <laughs> Stacy. So we got the 5% times, let's, let's call it 20% you appeal to. Well, now you're looking at 1% of the population. You're oh down you're gosh. down to I'm only looking for 1% of the population I want to work with. If 20% are going to appeal to you of the 5% that are thinking about transacting. The average person moves every 11 years. So it, it, to me this is you know in some ways I like hearing that because it tells me people like us are going to be more successful, people on our team are going to be more successful. I've got a high tolerance for pains in the butt. I've I've learned that it, it takes a lot to bother me. I know you're the me same too. way. Yep. That's why you're successful because you get the game. It's either you got to like quadruple your efforts or just not everyone's going to like you. Not everybody's going to like you. We're not here to make friends. All your clients have enough friends. You're here to help them with a large financial transaction. Right. And don't take things personally. People are going through a hard time when they're trying to buy and sell. They might be stressed out. Mm -hmm. So they might take things out on you. They might be a little short when they say something to you. I don't take that personally. If you're taking it personally and you're thinking that they don't like you, um, <laughs> then you have to you have to shift your mindset and change sure. change your attitude. Um, because again, like Tom says, we're not here to be we're not in this business to be liked by everyone. You know, you do have to have a thick skin. We're not here to make friends. Nope. We're here to sell houses. Exactly. So on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. It's Super Bowl weekend coming up, and we're going to talk about the best local places to get some Super Bowl eats here in the greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Mortgage I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. 
Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. All right, all right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. We've got Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So... It's Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. The Philadelphia Eagles are one and a half point favorites over the Kansas City Chiefs. Very exciting. We're not here to talk about that. Maybe we'll give some predictions after the game. I think it's going to be very one-sided. However, we're going to talk about where to get some local eats for Mm -hmm. the game. And I'd be ordering this stuff now because these, I, I was talking to an owner at a pizza place I was at with my kids on Saturday or Sunday. Um, and he said, I don't know if we have enough staff to keep up with the demand on Sunday. And wow. like, that's exciting to me, especially what restaurants went through mm-hmm. during the pandemic. So this is great. So what Stacy and I did is we came up with a couple like ideas of, of local places we would want to go. We're going to plug them here, tell you what to get, um, depending on the food type, what you want. So Stacy, why don't you lead off and obviously cooking, if you want to do that on your own, that's fine. We're talking about local, local establishments and local businesses you can support. Oh my gosh, one of my favorites. It's right on Route 3 in Westchester. Nick's Roast Beef. Oh, if you haven't been there. So what do you like there? Give us the, I think most people do know Nick's Roast Beef, but let's explain it anyway. Okay, so it's hand carved. It's their sandwich. It's a simple menu. They just have roast beef and turkey and french fries for the most part. That's it. Um, You can get beer. (laughs) You can get wine. They don't even have coffee there. So I'm always out of luck when I go there to eat and because <laughs> I can't get coffee. <laughs> but they do have ice water and iced tea, so that's okay. But their sandwiches are, I mean, they're amazing. Um, they, they, you can either get roast beef with cheese or without. It's pretty simple. Same thing with the, um, the turkey. Their hot turkey sandwiches are phenomenal, and their fries are the best. So it's a, it's a simple, basic menu, um, but it is the best food and if you want to eat there, it's it's a great atmosphere. They have like a fireplace in their dining room, or you can just hang out and sit around the bar. 
Um, it's it's a small local establishment, but they have the best food. So go and support them. So they do take out. I'm on their website now. Yes. You need to give them 24 hours notice. Um, and they have locations in Westchester, Philadelphia, and Springfield. Uh, the one in Philadelphia is on South 20th Street. Springfield's at 10 East Woodland Ave. And Westchester is 12, 1215 Westchester Pike. And you can visit them at nicksroastbeef.com. So that's a good one. Um, where I'm going to lead off with is I'm a big fan of like pizza and wings. It's like the least healthy, but also, you know, one, one of the better ones. And there's a lot of pizza places around. Mm-hmm. We have found one lately that has been our go-to in Bala Kenwood. It's Rock Hill Pizza. And what I like about them is that you can get like a Chicago deep dish. Um, you can get a thin crust. You can get like a boardwalk style. They have all the different types of pizza there and it's pretty, uh, like all across the board is delicious. And the fact that you can get all these different things, it's got your typical Italian stuff on there as well. Um, it's rockhillpizzeria.com. It's right on Rock Hill Road in Balakinwood when you're coming like uh, right out of Maniunk off Belmont Ave. Um, highly recommend their pizza. And it like the fact that you can get all these different types is very exciting where they got New York style. They have Chicago deep dish. They've got wings. What, what you would expect from a normal pizza place, but the amount of, different types of pizza they have usually you only get like mm. one right and it's mm-hmm. like oh i'm gonna this is neapolitan or it's sicilian or whatever else grandma thin crust stuffed pizza <laughs> they got it all so highly highly recommend rock hill pizza is rockhillpizzeria.com and they are in bala kenwood stacy what do you got next what's your number two sounds good um number two would be pomodoros in downingtown um, so it's an Italian restaurant. They do have pizza also. I, Honest to God, I've never had their pizza, so I can't talk about that. But they have the best food, um, the, the best salads. I know people aren't like big salad eaters on uh, Super Bowl I like Sunday. a salad. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They have the best salads and the best pasta. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with anything on their menu. Uh, if you like seafood, they have the best seafood dishes. I'm not a big fan of that, but mm-hmm. people that I've been with and that have had it absolutely raved about it. Their service is amazing. Like their wait staff, it's, they're, they're just so friendly. They're, they're the best. They will take care of you from start to finish. Um, but they're one of the best parts about this restaurant is their bakery and if you have not gone in there they have a separate section where you can go in and just look at they have homemade gelato all these homemade baked goods I mean you can't your mind is going to be blown when you go inside and you take a look at that you're not going to be able to make a decision you'll have to come out with at least you know boxes filled with all these wonderful baked goods Um, so I highly highly recommend Pomodoro's it's one of my favorite local restaurants um, it's usually packed. It has a, it's in located in a small neighborhood, so um, their parking is very limited. <laughs> so go early, order early, and um, go pick up too. All right. So we've got, and then uh, let's see where you get in touch with them. Pomodoro's. What's the? It's got to be a website or something. And so it's yes. Pomodoro with an O. Downingtown.com. 200 Chestnut Street in Downingtown. Oh, that, that is a horrible location to pick up anything. Yeah, it's it's right in a small neighborhood. It's pretty wild, but I'll tell you, they it's the best. All right, love it. All right, barbecue food. I'm a big fan of barbecue, although I'm not having any barbecue this Super Bowl because that's a Kansas City thing, and I, I'm not supporting them in any way. Um, <laughs> big fan of barbecue restaurants, though, for tailgating and th- this kind of thing. So 
our go-to place for this is Sophie's Barbecue in Ardmore, um, and we, we've uh, they have smokers on site, which is tremendous. Um, it's, a, it's a labor of love cooking barbecue food. Have you ever cooked your own barbecue? I have not because so, I'm not patient like that. <laughs> I, I have a smoker at my house, so I mean it, it. It is a lot of work. So they have everything from a dry rub chicken, pulled pork, um, brisket. Uh, wow. they, they've got it all. And I think the, the, the whole point is you can order it and have it done. You pick it up really easy. Um, they've got beef short ribs. Um, they have a brisket cheesesteak. They have like combination platters, crispy smoked, smoked wings, hush puppies, all the things you want from a barbecue restaurant, including chorizo. So they're right on Rittenhouse in Ardmore, kind of right by the train station on the other side of Route 30. It's Sophie's, S-O-P-H-I-E-S, com. You can check them out. And all of these places, they, you should be ordering in advance. I think that's going to be really important. Yeah. Like, I would not be waiting until, like, Sunday morning when you're going to place an order. No. So, um, and another great establishment to get some barbecue food from. And, you know, we order there relatively frequently, frequently enough that I don't want to hurt my waistline. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it there. So, what else do you have, Stacey? Any other additions here? I got a couple more if you don't. Um, well, I, I know that the catering part here, Carlino's, yes. and we can both speak to that. Um because there's one in Westchester. And one in Ardmore, yes. Amazing. I, mm-hmm. I mean, you have to take a trip inside the store to see. Just, it's fascinating. You'll, you'll have to spend some time in there because there's so much good stuff. Um, but yeah, Carlino's is definitely number one for catering. Yeah, and, and they have, like, so we actually got Carlino's for the NFC Championship game. So we got a salad. Mm-hmm. We got, like, uh, some chicken marsala, some pulled pork. You can get whatever you want. Um we were able to place an order the day uh, the day before, two days before, and pick it up day of. I thought that was pretty quick turnaround time. I was really impressed by that. Um, and they've got all kinds of, like, Italian desserts you can pick up when you're there. So if you're really looking just to pig out, they've got it all for you. Last one, bonus pick. If you're looking for fried chicken, I think this is hard to find around here. Oh, it is. Love Bird. It's in Bryn Mawr, Bluebell, Doylestown, and Newtown. I go to the Bryn Mawr one frequently. It's excellent. Lovebirdpa.com. That's where to go. Who's Good winning, Stacy? Eagles or Eagles? Eagles. Are so I'm going to take the Eagles <laughs> to cover on top of everything else. Yes. Surprise pick, Hassan Reddick, Super Bowl MVP. That's my prediction. So that's what we got this week on Tool Time Real Estate Radio. You want to give us a follow, check us out on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. We're streaming live every week. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. You can follow Stacy on Instagram. It's at the number two Mitchco. And you can follow me at Tom Tool 3RD at Tom Tool 3rd. We're back live every week on Tool Time Real Estate Radio, 3 p.m. on Tuesdays, WWDB, 860 a.m.